a movement here in Detroit of men's ministry. And that's where I met first met Father John 20, oh, you know, 25 years ago. We were doing some men's conferences together here in Detroit and men were coming out and John was, Father John was preaching the gospel and Peter Herbeck and just this, you know, crossing the gold team. And I'm going, this is what, this is what I'm talking about, man. This is what, you know, this is what I've been missing. Welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live in. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are powered for impact. Welcome back to the show, especially if this is your first time tuning in. The podcast continues to grow because people like you are showing up. Thank you. As I was producing this episode, I realized that occasionally... We get to look back at particular seasons of our life and see the joy, the grace, and the impact that was being unleashed. Our guest today is Deacon Steve Mitchell, a retired businessman who then went on to lead Alpha for Catholics in the USA at a time when the book Divine Renovation was published. There has been a movement of the Spirit pouring out of Detroit for some time now, and Steve was impacted heavily by Father John Ricardo. Peter Herbeck, Michael Timmis, and many more. Who we spend time with matters. I hope today's episode will cause you to reflect on the seasons of grace in your leadership. And more importantly, I hope you're either living in that season right now or on your way to having your biggest impact yet. If there's anything that we can do to assist you, please reach out at ronhuntley.com and let's connect. This episode is getting dropped at a time where I'll be at St. John the Evangelist Parish in St. John, Indiana with Father Sammy Maletta and his team. This parish is my home away from home. We've partnered together for impact and this parish is on fire. Check them out at SJE Plus and be inspired. Enjoy today's episode. Lift off and the clock has started. One of the things that I really enjoyed at my time at St. Benedict Parish is things were really beginning to, to roll and lives were being changed and influence was starting to grow, was meeting my friend Deacon Steve Mitchell in the U.S. Deacon Steve Mitchell was working with Alpha USA at the time, and it was a struggle to, to, um, to convince Catholic churches to maybe begin evangelizing. And Deacon Steve is our guest today. And so, Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ron. It's great to be with you. It's good to see you again, man. It's been, been a long time, but um, yeah, I remember those those meetings in London and and here, and just the opportunity to to uh, see what God has done through so many things. Alpha, yes. Alpha being one of them, you know. Amen. Yeah, and I one still I've retired from Alpha for some time, but uh, I still, you know, I still haven't found anything better. It's kind of like uh, Father Father James says. Or yeah. or Nikki, you know. Hey, yeah. If I find something better, I'm on. I'm off this and on that, and I, I am too. But I haven't. So yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. so true. And then your work took you to do some work with Father John Ricardo in Acts 29 as he launched that new ministry. I know you were part of that and have uh, retired from there too. But you've really been on the front end of 
of this whole movement that is parish renewal. And I'd love to share maybe what was it like in those early days? Um, yeah. Well, first, first of all, when I hear, when I'm hearing you talk, like you retire from this, retire from that. I, I am, I must be really old that I retired. <laughs> like I retired from secular business too. So, uh, man, that's all, you're, good at, you're good at retiring. Hey, I'm good at retiring. I'm going to get it right. I'm going to get it right this time. Yeah, you're not doing a very good job. <laughs> I'm going to get it right this time, man. Uh, you know, uh, gosh, this really goes back to way pre-alpha, it really, almost to my conversion, really, which happened. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a cradle Catholic, but it really happened outside the Catholic Church. Um, Tell me about that. And, uh, you know, so I was in the service and some young young man, uh, Staff Sergeant Michael Bradley, which God put on my heart the other day, just, gosh, I wonder where he's at. But, um, you know, he had a joy and a, <clears throat> um, that I didn't have, you know. Um, I, I was like afraid of God. And he, he, he wasn't, you know. I had this fear that I was judging him. But anyway, he, through, longer story, but he, he rather, I really came into uh, an incredibly in, intimate friendship with Jesus through through Michael in a Baptist community in Altus, Oklahoma. And, um, but Mrs. Sacraments came back to church and, and we just weren't like preaching or inviting people into a relationship with Jesus. It was just, you know, it was, anyway. I don't know. So my, that just became something that was just the Lord really put heavy on my heart, which led into, uh, a movement here in Detroit of men's ministry. And that's where I met first met Father John 20, oh, you know, 25 years ago. We were doing some men's conferences together here in Detroit and men were coming out. And John was, Father John was preaching the gospel and Peter Herbeck and just this, you know, crossing the gold team. And I'm going, this is what, yeah, this is what I'm talking about, man. This is what, <laughs> you know, this is what I've been missing. It's waking people and, up and giving them passion again, right? Yeah, and it, and and uh, it starts with the relationship with Jesus because I don't know I'm, unless I know Him I don't do I really care what the church teaches about right you know I don't know abortion or anything you know I'm going to make up my own mind which is yeah so I'm going to stop preaching here a minute Ron but oh, uh, I hope not and, uh, anyway <laughs> uh, so you know that that really started then and then. Um, <clears throat> I had a I had a small business, and we we shut that down during the uh, housing the bubble that blew up, you know. And then uh, a guy that was sitting on the uh, Alpha International board, Mike Timmis, uh, invited me to come and say, "Hey, man, you know, invited me to say this is this program, this Alpha experience, which is not it's not a program. Alpha, this relational experience of inviting people into friendship with Jesus was." needs to be brought into the Catholic church and we're struggling. Would you, would you come on board and, you know, kind of guide that and help that and just work on it. And I go, and I remember Jeannie and I were praying about it. And it's like, I told him, I said, well, you know, you, that's what you do. You say, I'll pray about it. Get back to you. And it's like, I don't know, man. Anyway, uh, Jeannie, and I were seriously praying about it. And she goes, and she looked at me one morning and she goes, You've been looking for this all your life. What are you waiting for? This is exactly what you've been wanting for the church. And uh, get off your, get off your, you know, haunches and tell Mike. 
Uh, so I did. That's kind of how I got into Alpha. I don't, I don't remember the question, but anyway, it's, well, do you it's know a what? little bit of the journey, you know? So, uh, yeah. yeah, at the ground level, it was like, there was not That's a lot so cool. happening. I did. There was not a lot was, happening. Yeah. And it's so neat that because your point was, it wasn't that you got a job and then started to try to do your job well. It's like, no, God got a hold of your heart, transformed your life through your relationship with Jesus. And then from there, God began to open up doors, right? Right. It's about right. his work in you. It's not about taking a job and trying to do a good job. You know, it's fun too. I don't, I didn't know Michael Timmis was the one who invited you into that. He was one of the guests yeah. on the podcast in 2021 and yeah. just one of my mentors. And I had what no a great, idea. great man. Great oh. man. And uh, yeah, just that actually, uh, he, we emailed this morning. He just, he brought me, you know, pray for him and Nancy. They get some, Nancy yes. has some health issues. So uh, yeah, he's giving me an update, which is, which is good. But uh, so Michael, yeah, Mike invited me and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think it was just like God had this whole thing going and it just, he, you know, he's got this thing and it's moving this movement. And then he, invites you into the middle of what he's been doing for 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 years right through yeah. through so many different through so many different people and venues and you know divine renovation and alpha and all just all sherry waddell's sherry waddell intentional yeah. disciples oh, yeah. yeah rebuilt yeah. right that yeah. book so cool it, he he brought so much together at such a critical time um and Alpha became a, a way forward for people. Mm. Through, you know, Sherry, I remember Sherry's Waddell, Sherry Waddell's book. The whole like, first couple chapters was like so depressing to read because <laughs> the numbers were awful, you know? And, but it was so necessary. It's, <clears throat> and and it, she, she was the camel that finally stuck her nose under the tent and, and blew things up and said, hey, guys, mm. you know. Um, this is the, this is the reality. And she didn't say this, but if you were the CEO of any other organization, you lost your job a long time ago. And Amen. these numbers are terrible. And we, you know, it's time to do something. And, um, uh, that was a big, it was a wake up call for the Catholic church and leadership, pastor leadership in the Catholic church. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then it couldn't be denied anymore, you know? Yeah. And, and people said, well, what, what can we do? I have an idea. Let's share the gospel. <laughs> Let's go back to the basics. You know, what's so cool about that. Cause she did, she just did such a good job of, of holy cow, just holding up a mirror where we all couldn't deny it anymore. And when I, what I loved about father Michael White and Tom's book rebuilt is that they just got a gave a story around what that looks like, smells like, and tastes like, which just left me cracking up to no end because it was just, it right. was so honest and so real. And then Father James, through Divine Renovation, really theologically dove into it in a way that, again, kind of took a look at some underlying themes that were sometimes unaddressed. And I thought he just did such a marvelous job of that. And so what was that like for you? Because I remember talking to you, like it was a slug fest. I mean, a lot of people would look at Alpha as a tool and it's really right. easy. It wasn't invented by a Catholic, so it must be terrible. What's next? Or, or what else do you got in your bag of tricks or, or what right. have you? No, like, that's what true. was that like for you in the early days when you started working 
Jeannie talked you into taking the job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> well, you know, it was there were times, Ron, that it was really, really tough, and I don't want to, uh, I don't want to dwell on that too much. But it was, it was a slugfest at point at, at mm-hmm. times. I, I remember getting, you know, emails, and um, the the probably the most hurtful thing was uh, I I had a occasion where people would accuse me of being a heretic yeah. because because it you know it it didn't it didn't cover all the you know check all the big Catholic boxes but it it's not supposed to and yeah. people didn't get that and people didn't understand it. And I remember there was a significant, we were making significant progress at a diocese in, in the United States, Bishop and his team and director of evangelization. And uh, I, I remember a letter they got from a significant cardinal in, in the Roman Curia and uh, warned them against using Alpha. And it was after months of, you know, helping and, help, it, you know, it was pretty devastating. So there were, there's some really difficult times, uh, but, you know, I knew that this echoed my experience of encountering Jesus Christ. Mm. And there was just no doubt, you know, there's no doubt in my mind about that. So um, I knew I was in the right, I was in the right place. And so we just kind of, you know, you get, you get up and you crank the, you crank the wheel and you just try to do the next thing, the next right thing, the next thing God's asking you to do. And, and you do it and you go, oh, maybe that wasn't where he was inviting me. And you learn something and you move on. And, yeah. um, and, it, and he rewarded everybody. Uh, you know, the Alpha USA board who hadn't had a Catholic on their board in ever, forever, anytime, you know, in the history of Alpha USA. Um, and, and at the time, you know, Father Michael Burns, who was my, one of my professors in seminary, they invited him on the board. He said, yes. And then, uh, and then Rome asked him to be a bishop. And it was, and Michael was, you know, Bishop Mike was a huge impact. So Alpha USA was courageous. They stood, you know, they did something. There was just a whole group of people that were faithful to this call to bring alpha to the catholic church and i love i love nikki and i love the anglican church but i i have to say if if alpha came out of any place else other than the anglican church i don't know that i think it's i think it's an anointed thing nikki's anointed but the fact that he's in the anglican church is like if it came out of the Baptist church, Catholic wouldn't do it. If it came out of the Catholic church, Baptist wouldn't do it. But the Anglican church is like, God love you, but who cares? You know, <laughs> <clears throat> I hate that. I'm sorry. I'd say that to Nikki, even if he, and I think he does. So, uh, well, and, yeah. and to, that's, you know, in, the, in our book, Unlocking Your Parish, that I did with Father James, the first two chapters, I think the second chapter specifically speaks into the fact that it's not Catholic. And, and I loved what he said. It's, you know, nobody has a problem with that, what Alpha says. What they're complaining about is what Alpha doesn't, what it doesn't say. What it doesn't but, say. But that's what we have the rest of our lives to walk with people through. And we build trust. They encounter right. Jesus. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. And they want to, they want more. And, and so it's funny how we just want to 
you know, make people eat everything in the buffet. And it's like, well, they were, they were full hours ago. Like, okay, we keep putting these plates in front of them instead of waiting till they digest it and they're hungry again. And, but, but I think that, you know, that's the work that you and your team would have done years ago, because I, I remember being in the pharmaceutical industry, thinking to myself, I always sold drugs that there were multiple other drugs in the class. And so then you're always differentiating on price or three people got better in this study when only two people got better in this study. So you're differentiating. You feel like you're splitting hairs. You're, you're fighting it out for every piece of business. And I remember thinking to myself, man, I wish we had a first in class drug because that'd be so easy because then there's no competition. And then we got one. And then I realized that wasn't easy either because then all of a sudden you're talking to people about this drug and they're saying, yeah, I haven't needed it for the last 20 years of my practice. I sure don't need it now. It's going to cost the patient 40 bucks a month. So no, it's like, what right. do you mean? No, we have, we're filling an unmet need. How can you possibly say no to that? And they'd be like, no, right. don't need it. And, and it's like, so, so the people that are first in class really create, um, and awareness and, and begin the use. And then the other people come into that class right. of drugs and they don't have to do that. Now they're differentiating all your business. It's like, wait a minute, right. <laughs> I worked hard for this. And, and in many ways, you know, you were the person who was the first in class being a part of bringing, I know like uh, Dave um, in Baltimore, Dave Nodar was a part of that Dave, too. Yeah. yeah. And Dave. so you guys were on the front end of, of creating demand for something nobody wanted. And then the people like Josh Danish, who are, are yeah. you know, like, you know, they get to benefit from a lot of the thing and it's not still a lot of work, but you know, you were really, you guys were on the front end of, of, of um, a lot of no's, a lot of misunderstandings, a lot of myths mm -hmm. and you know, that you guys, so thank you for all that you've done in that way. Like it's somebody has to do it. That was uh well, I appreciate that. It was, it was, uh, it really was a joy in spite of the, you know, the heretics and the, you know, comments <laughs> and all that, which did, yeah. which, which, but God just has this way of, um, you know, don't worry about that. Let's just, let's mm -hmm. focus on, uh, and he, he taught me a few things and I just, I learned a lot. Um, mm -hmm. it was, it was an incredible experience. I'm, I'm so, I'm so happy I did it. I'm, I'm happy for Alpha. I'm I'm just happy for the church, you know, that yeah. that Alpha's become a more mainstream way of evangelizing, a way of in, uh, inviting people <clears throat> who've been far away or never knew Jesus, never part of the church, mm. a way back, a, a, a shallow entry point, a way back in, you know. We go back yeah. to, you go back to the buffet image. I remember, I think it was Father James. It might have been you, Father James, you know reminded us you know what alpha doesn't say is you know doesn't talk about the eucharist which for us is absolutely and it's why i'm it's why i'm a catholic you know Me i'm too. still a catholic right it's Me why we're too. still catholic um <clears throat> but i heard him say one time i talked about you know the eucharist is the source and summit it's this it's the summit you got to get on the mountain you know you don't you don't drop a guy on it from a helicopter at Mount Everest at the top because it will explode his lungs, and it, I, it and that made so much sense to me, and is an image that made made sense to a lot of people that struggled with what Alpha mm -hmm. didn't say, you know, versus what Alpha actually did. Yeah. You get them, get them on the mountain, get them yeah. at base camp for crying out loud, you know. Well, what a great <clears> image! <throat> and I remember my friend 
climb to the base camp of Mount Everest. And that's a great image of Alpha. It's only meant to be the base camp. It isn't the summit. And it's not supposed to be. Like, that's the beauty. I always wrote a talk years ago called Alpha is a small piece of a bigger puzzle that is the church. But you're not going to have a... a, a and one of the things I always struggled with growing up in the church is how useless I was. Like I could go to church, but who cares? Any monkey could go to church. My mm. life wasn't filled with miracles. It wasn't filled with intimacy with Jesus. It wasn't all the things that we sang about and preached about. I knew it in my heart, but I didn't know how to get from here to there. Mm-hmm. And and, and mm. so I just believe that I should be able to pray with people. People should be healed. People should come to Christ. Miracles should happen. Relationships should be healed. Addiction should be broken. And God wants to use me to be a part of that. But I wasn't seeing it, just attending mass. We right. talk about it. But it was, where's the how-to? Where, where can I get dirty? Where can I start and, and learn and grow and be mentored and actually living the life that we talk about, sing about, and preach about? Amen. didn't get that from just going to church and it didn't seem like anybody cared. Like nobody else was doing it either and nobody cared. Yeah. Yeah. Well, praise God. There's been, there's been a, um, I I would say a seismic shift in the church. Um, now, you know, we're not seeing tons of results from that yet, but there, there is clearly, there's been a, over the past, you know, 20, 15, 20 years, there's, there has been a, an incredible shift. Um, the, the, the need and awareness of what evangelization is and, and, and the need to, for the lady to reach out, it's, it's going to happen across the backyard fence. It's going to happen at, across the cubicle at work. It's going to happen, you know, at uh, when moms get together and have coffee and, Guys are having a beer. Now, that's that's kind of that sounded yeah. pretty sexist, but anyway, uh, that's where it's going to happen. And it, yeah. and we have to we have to equip the we have to equip the saints for that work. You know, Amen. Ephesians four. Mm. So that's a huge awareness and a huge shift, and I think and it's uh, cool to see. Yeah. It is cool to see, and the and the important thing is, I, I remember years ago on this. In the pharmaceutical industry, in the beginning, I just loved that it. it was so fun. And then they brought in a lot of um, a lot of ways of doing things that suck the fun clean out of it. And I remember we used to get paid three thousand dollars for every person we brought into the company who got a job. And so, how's that for an incentive? But the truth is, what ended up happening when it sucked the fun out of the job? management was wasn't managing in a way that was was creating innovation and fun and impact when it was more big brother looking over your shoulder and and just sucked the fun out of the work i didn't care about the three thousand dollars i wasn't going to invite anybody else into something i knew they weren't going to be happy they might make a good living but they weren't going to be happy and i'll tell you making money without happiness is is misery and you know in so many ways the church are people willing to invite people to the church and if the answer is no alpha's not going to help you know, it's only going to help temporarily. We have to get the weekend experience right. We have to get the culture right so that people are proud of, love, and want to invite people to their church. Because if you belong to a church that you wouldn't invite your friend to if they just came to Christ, that's a problem. That's and a I problem. Think, I think that's another thing that the church is waking up to yeah. is that it's not 
enough just to have great theology and great doctrine, although that is really, really important. But we have to bring it to life with great leadership. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those things are important, but those are, you know, that's kind of like, that's almost given. I mean, that's a, that's a given. Um, I, you know, I hate to use, no, I don't. I, I was going to say, I hate to use business terms. I don't, because uh, we're both out of, we're both out of sector business, right? I mean, I had a staffing company for 20 years before we shut it down. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a price of entry and, you know, good theology and good, that's just, yeah. If you get that right, then forget it. But how do you actually make that happen? And I, if we have time, I'm going to share a quick story about my, my mom. I, I, and I haven't asked her if I can share it, but I know she can do it. So she, she has been going to this one church for years and years and years. And it's, it's kind of dead. You know, I've been there. Mm. Um, preachings, not great. Music is awful. You know, it's, it, it's a bunch of old people that are, anyway. And she complained about it all the time. And I go, Ma. Five minutes further, there's this dynamic parish. The pastor's amazing. He knows the Lord. He's, you know, he's anointed in the spirit. Everything that you're missing is there, you know, and it's a five minute, it's five minutes further. I said, I'm going to come out Sunday. I'm going to bring you, I'm going to take you over to XYZ Parish. And then we're going to go to breakfast. So Thank you, God. It was amazing, just as I, you know, said and blah, blah, blah. So we get to breakfast and I go, Ma, so Ma, what do you think? Oh, my gosh, that was wonderful. I loved it. I go, it's five minutes. What do you think? Why don't you just join there? She goes, but my friends are over there. Yeah, I know. I go, so, you know, I think, I think it was Nikki years ago said, people come to church for a lot of reasons. They stay for friendship. Amen. They'll stay in a dying church crappy parish yeah because their friends are there you know and but they're not going to invite anybody else in but it it becomes this you know right it's this group of friends that i get together with on sunday and then as they're dying off it just the the group of friends gets smaller the church is not growing but and that's not obviously that's not the ideal for the church but anyway it's a it's a it's a real story that really happened and it, it says something because if you can bring if you can bring people into a dynamic place and connect them with people and they have friendships, they'll stay. Yeah. Amen. And if you get the preaching right, the hospitality right, and the music right, they'll invite friends. And then that's they're gonna what right. we're trying to do. And anything Thank less you. than that, as <laughs> leaders, you're not doing a good job. Like just gonna say it wake up come on man let's get this stuff ridiculously right because it's so much fun when you do i'm not saying it's easy it's not easy but it is possible it is possible it is and it's and it's important yeah you know what is more important especially today i mean ron i i do do like to i pay attention to the news i'm kind of a news junkie i try to limit it a a bit but I mean, watch the news. What is, what's, what's more important? People are dying for lack of hope. You know, suicide rates are off the charts. Opioid overdose deaths are off the charts. In the United States, you know, they're setting records. Uh, Canada too. A surgeon general just came out with a 
56 page report about depression among our youth from isolation and, and social and pressure on social media. I mean, there's, there is a darkness, there is a heaviness that just clings and hangs over us. And we need to invite people out of that darkness and into, into joy and hope. This is Gaudete Sunday was this past Sunday. Rejoice, you know, and people need that. They want it desperately needed. Mm. And that's the whole thing with evolution. You know, the smarter we get, the more books we write, the better our university, everything else. We're going to solve our own problems, aren't we? No, we're not. Like, 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 is technology solving our problem? No. Is science solving no. our problem? No. And it's not no. that those advances aren't important and aren't good, but my heavens, like pull God out of life and life is going to get dark. Like shut off the light if you're in darkness. And right. yeah. And so how do we, you know, yeah. How do we bring There's nothing more it? important. So if you need motivation to get it right, um, there you go. Yeah. Amen. So you went... Uh, at one point, and and I so cool that you and Father John Ricardo met years ago doing these men's retreats. So that's I didn't know that's so cool. I knew you guys were friends, and then he yeah. started <clears throat> Acts Twenty Nine Ministry, which I think the whole world was excited about because there's a guy with just ridiculous amounts of horsepower who answered mm-hmm. a call to have even you know, help even more people. Like he just did great things at his church, turning it around with his whole team and then right. started acts. And, and did, what, at what level, at what point were you a part of that? Tell me a little bit about that story. Cause I don't know that story. So uh, Jeannie and I lived up in another community and we were part of a church for like 20 years. And then yeah. we, uh, we decided we wanted some property and moved like an hour and a half away into a new community. And we were struggling to find uh, to find a church, you know, to belong to. I mean, I was ordained in 02, so I've been, but, and, and that's a, we, we went around to parishes and then I go, oh, this is what people feel like when they walk into a parish that nobody knows them and they don't know anybody. And it was, right. it was a very eye-opening experience for me because 20 years I'm in this, you know, you know everybody. Anyway, so we're, we're here searching, looking around and, um, we helped launch Alpha with Father Ricardo in a huge way at Our Lady, Our Lady of Good Counsel, against <laughs> all a, our better judgment. But that's it, a legendary story. Legendary, yeah. Against <laughs> everybody's better judgment, we did it, and, it, and God used it in an amazing way. And uh, so, uh, so when Father John knew I moved down here, invited me to come out, and and he said, "Hey, we're you know come and hang out with us." And so I was on staff at Our Lady of Good Counsel for. About three years, the last three years of oh, the last two years that. of his tenure, the last two years of his tenure there as pastor. So I worked with Mary Gilfoyle, who you know, and yep. closely with Father John and uh, did some things around discipleship, you know, bringing people once they come off Alpha into, you know, going deeper Love it. Into, into their relationship with Jesus. So, um, <clears throat> so then uh, Father John knew, you know, he wasn't going to, didn't, you know, pastor it. Another pastor, it wasn't really what God was calling to, and the and he can and the archbishop agreed, which I gotta give uh, Archbishop Vigneron tons of credit. Uh, so, yeah. so Father John and I um, met for coffee one day and said, "What's next?" And we we launched Acts twenty nine. Said, "How can we how can we take our the experience that God has given us? It's nothing we did." You know, we just happened to be around as he was 
doing incredible things here at Good Counsel. Um, and how can we use that and help and help uh, re- you know restore the church and you know yeah. reinvigorate the church? So Archbishop Ignoran um, agreed to give him you know four years to to go off and do that. And I mean that's huge. You got you oh, got yeah. probably one of your most you know prolific priests. Yeah. You you cut him loose to go help the Archdiocese of Denver and. Yes. You know, Minneapolis. It's so I got to give uh, our shepherd here a lot of credit. Uh, so we launched, so yeah. we launched Acts 29 and uh, you know, we, I worked with the team for a couple years and, and as they, you know, as things were really taking off, I mean, they were just, it, it's like their energy and their, their demand, the demand for the, what Acts 29 was doing just got bigger and bigger and their travel schedule. And my, I'm, I'm like six, seven, my, I'm going, I'm on the opposite end of this curve. The curve. So somewhere this intersects and I think it intersects now because I can't travel like this anymore. So, yeah. uh, so, so anyway, um, that's, that's how we kind of launched that. It yeah. was over a cup of coffee. Uh, uh, how old about a year start? before we left, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> And then God's kind of brought about several iterations uh, of of what this you know what we what we offer. Yeah. So yeah, it is it it's great, and they're just doing God's doing great things to them. Yeah, it was cool to be a part. It was cool to be a part of it for that brief period of time to mm-hmm. kind of get it off the ground and launch it. So it's you know you had a, a company yourself before. You know, you're saying for 20 years, and so you have a real uh, entrepreneurial spirit, and you brought that entrepreneurial spirit into your faith and help get Elf off the ground with Catholics, or to continue to help, and then to help get Axe off the ground. Like God's really used your entrepreneurial spirit to make a difference. He has, and it's kind of like uh, you know it, that. Uh, that's probably my. Humbly, I submit it. it's one of my gift things. You know, I'm, ap- I'm apostolic. If you take that, you know that yeah. uh, what's A-pest. that test? Yeah, apost. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I, that's where I score apostolic. You know, um, and I'm guessing Father John is too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. he also is a teacher, man. That guy is a right. He's a Apostol high teacher. He's a teacher too. Yeah. Uh, so, and this just puts him in. I mean, that's the intersection of those, you know, gifts is huge in Acts 29. I remember yeah. when we uh, when we were getting Divine Renovation off the ground, Father James just wanted so many more people to be doing this stuff too. Like he just, he right. never ever once felt like he was the answer. And uh, and I love that right. about him. And one of the people that we looked to was Father John Ricardo. And it's just like, my gosh, why isn't that guy doing this stuff? He's so gifted. He's so good. And so when I heard that you guys did launch Acts 29, I just thought, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was, yes. Just, it was, it was just the timing issue, I think. And, and just, you know, God bringing, bringing us to a certain, certain uh, point, but yeah, I do remember early on, you know, we got to get these two guys together. Uh, and I think we did in London. I think we spent some time with the, together in London and, um, uh, 
always, always happy, glad. It's not never, you know, it's not competition. We need all the arrows oh, and whatever we can get. Man. And, uh, you know, we we're always excited about what God was doing through divine renovation. And I know you guys mm. were excited what was going on at good council. And yeah. again, eventually launching folks at nativity. Acts, at Acts 29. Yeah. 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 Right. <clears throat> Absolutely. No, it's been fun. And I feel blessed to still be doing what I do and, and watch us talking to a priest in Canada a couple of months ago. And he said, this, this helping churches is becoming a small cottage industry. And uh, just while well, so many people are, are moving into this space to help. And, and uh, I just think, well, thanks be to God, because this Amen. isn't stuff that's being taught or, or learned in the seminaries. And that's okay. Like, they're doing whatever they feel they need to do, but that doesn't mean it doesn't play a huge role if the church is going to be fruitful in the, in our generation, where there's a set of skills that that is is required to be great, whether you're a bishop or a priest and and your teams. And so, you know, it's a, it's an honor to do that stuff. And so, thank, again, well, thank you for all that you've done. I feel like I'm talking to Saint Paul. Oh, it's been so much fun, man. Yeah. You've helped a lot of people get to heaven that you don't even know. Like, that's what I was saying to you as we were starting, as we were praying. I just got a sense. I could just see there's so many souls going to be in heaven, Stephen, because of you and the work you've done with the different teams you've been involved with. So thank you. I, uh, I pray. May it be so. I pray that uh, God has used. Uh, I, kn- I know he's using you, and I'm excited for your new uh, for your new venture. And um, I, I, it's great to see guys successful in business, successful in life. Uh, in you know, in the, in bringing those much needed skills to use them and let God multiply them in a place where they're going to make the biggest impact, mm. and that's in that's in His church, in His mm-hmm. bride. May uh, God Amen. continue to bless you and your ministry, brother. Thank you, Stephen. Thanks for being a part of the podcast today. God bless you richly. Thanks, take care, bro. Paul's second letter to Timothy, chapter 1, verse 6, Paul writes this, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. My friends, we all need people like St. Paul in our lives to guide us and to encourage us, and we all need to be a St. Paul to somebody So be that person this week. Be that leader. Thanks for listening. Thanks for rating the podcast and sharing it. God bless you. I want to encourage you. As you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time. And remember, if you're still breathing, you are powered for impact.